uh, today, or excuse me, tonight, and we are going to be um, uh, spending uh, the time in the first part uh, of Malachi. Uh, we'll have you turn to a couple other places tonight, if the time allows for us to do that. Uh, but uh, the book of Malachi uh, is, of course, the last book in your Old Testament. And when you look at all the different minor prophets, I know they're called minor prophets, but none of them really minor. Uh, and uh, and they, were, they were men that carried great burdens. And I was reading about them uh, in study this afternoon, uh, and uh, different commentators would just talk about uh, that these men, these prophets, were not uh, men that were often happy people. Uh, they were a burden. They carried burdens. They were, they were often sad. We think of men like Jeremiah, uh, the weeping prophet, we call him. We, they, were, uh, they were people who uh, preached what God told them to preach. And, uh, and then having done that, uh, there was a lot of rebellion, uh, not a lot of response. Things didn't go uh, the way that they, they had wanted. And they're humans, uh, just like you and I are. Uh, and, well, most of us are. Uh, and uh, so uh, they have emotions uh, and, and feelings. And, and uh, in fact, uh, I had mentioned about, uh, you know, the, the Internet and looking at things. There's a, a pastor uh, in, uh, well, he's a f- uh, former pastor. He's re- retired. Uh, he still is a police officer. And, uh, but the church had been turned over to another pastor, his son, in fact. And he had uh, put out a, uh, a thing earlier today about uh, praying for, uh, for your pastor, uh, and uh, about really talking about you don't know the kind of the burdens and things that uh, that they're carrying, you know, into the pulpit on Sunday. Uh, I've expressed it at times to where uh, you know I've got problems. I got a lot of problems, and uh, but uh, other people's problems are my problems, and uh, and so there are uh, a lot of things that. Uh, that I'm often thinking about. In fact, you know, one of the reasons, I'll, I'll use this as the excuse of forgetting this morning <laughs> uh, to honor uh, the veterans, but uh, in my defense, uh, I just had a lot of things on my mind uh, and, uh, and heart, was thinking about the message and, and getting in and preaching the Bible. Uh, and so uh, there's uh, those types of things. We'll, uh, so that's why I said, uh, you know, don't come to me, you know, right before the service and, uh, and, uh, and you know, and give me uh, really terrible news. Wait till afterwards uh, if, uh, if you can. Uh, and it just affects it. Case in point was last week, uh, right before the service, uh, we had uh, an announcement uh, for a pregnancy, which is usually a happy uh, occasion. Uh, but, uh, but the way that it was framed uh, made it scary. Uh, and uh, a lot of different things, and so it, it affected me in, in a way that I was, I was just not uh, ready and able, uh, you know, to preach, and so I'm thankful uh, that the Lord came through, and a missionary just happened to uh, be showing up, and uh, that helped me out uh, in a big way. Malachi uh, was uh, a guy who carried a big burden. In fact, we'll read about that in the first verse of Malachi. It says, the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. Now, this morning, we, we looked at how the people of Israel uh, had uh, a worship that God didn't accept. Uh, there was a, a, a hypocritical side to it. A, it was uh, contemptible. Uh, it was all the things that, uh, that God didn't want for it to be. And he, and, and he basically said that he was going to judge them. Uh, and we know uh, that God is a very long-suffering God. Uh, and when I look at Israel and their incessant 
um, kind of falling away from, from God, worshiping idols. Um, you know, there is constantly, as we read the Old Testament, you see they're doing great, then they're not. Uh, and when you look at that as a, a Bible reader, you can kind of get frustrated, um, you know, for God, you know, against them. It's like, how can they, you know, how could they do that? Uh, and you think, well, if, if I was there and saw a, you know, a pillar of fire, uh, you know, or uh, saw miracles uh, that God had done or uh, that uh, I wouldn't uh, ever, you know, be against God or, or, or rebel against God. But God, God has done so many great things in our life and, and we do very similar things. Uh, but this was a time, and I think it's good for us to note tonight, uh, the context of Malachi. Uh, Malachi, this book, was written about 450 B.C. Uh, to Christians that were at Jerusalem. And if you th- think about history, uh, you'll know or remember uh, that the temple, about 50 years before that, had been rebuilt. And it wasn't built to, you know, the way that it should be built, to honor God. And there was some frustration on the part of, uh, of people at that point. It just wasn't the splendor of it, the glory of it uh, wasn't there. And, uh, and the offerings that we read about this morning when, uh, when uh, he said, offer that to thy governor, um, their governor were Persians. They were, they were back at the temple. Uh, the, there was a Persian rule, a Persian reign, uh, and there had been basically 50 years of no war, um, you know, relative peace. Uh, the people, the children of Israel, uh, they had the temple, wasn't, you know, the greatest situation. They weren't rich. They weren't, you know, growing, prospering, but they weren't poor. And there was an ease uh, that, had, that had come into their, their minds and hearts that we read about uh, another prophet, Amos, uh, where he decried, said, woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Uh, there was a, uh, a lackadaisical uh, kind of um, uh, worship uh, that, that God wasn't pleased with, uh, and they thought the judgment of God was far off, uh, and they were just kind of coasting uh, in life. Uh, and uh, and the, all that God had done for them, um, th- many of them seemed to have forgotten what God had done. And so Malachi, in preaching uh, this, it, this, the book of Malachi was a call uh, to repentance uh, from a lax and fake and hollow uh, religion. Uh, their, their worship uh, that uh, was, um, wasn't even mediocre worship. It was something that God uh, was sick of. But what the book of Malachi does is it shows kind of the way back uh, to genuine faith. Uh, in Malachi 3, in verse number 6, uh, we'll turn there just briefly. Uh, he says, the Bible says this about the Lord. It says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. What God was reminding them is, uh, was of his covenant love and his covenant promise that he's not going to go back on it uh, and that his love uh, that God is a God of love and that he is the Lord and he doesn't change. Uh, that's a, a character and an attribute of God. We serve the same God, by the way, today as we're reading about in Malachi. Uh, it's, it's the same God. But what has taken place is that we are so far removed from uh, the plagues uh, in Egypt, 
uh, and in all that God had done and feeding you know, his people with manna from heaven and on and on and on, all the way into the New Testament uh, where God himself came and became man uh, and uh, all the miracles and things that he has done, uh, the, the, the crucifixion, how he came uh, to, to die uh, for us. Uh, and we, you know, if like I got saved, you know, 30 some years ago. Uh, and, and, and I can remember when I got saved and, and, and remember a lot of the, you know, the particular things about that day. Uh, and, uh, but there are, there are many times in my own life to where I know that I'm, I'm not as excited or in the same, the same you know, place spiritually that I was even back then. Uh, I have a, a Thompson Chain Reference Bible. I've said this before, I won't get into testimony, but it's, one, it's the first uh, study Bible that I bought uh, as a teenager. The first Bible I had as a teenager, I stole, uh, and I've told that story. The Bible is the most stolen book, uh, by the way, that's out there. It seems kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, ironic, uh, and, uh, uh, but, uh, but it is true. Uh, and so I bought this Bible, and when I go back and I look in that Bible, it's more of like, I, you know, I've had it kind of rebound and stuff, and I don't use it a whole lot because it's like a, a relic to me. Uh, it, but when I open up and look, there's, there's prayer requests for people from, from way back then and, uh, and just different things and spots, places in the Bible where I can look and, uh, and, uh, and remember and notes and things that I put in there. Uh, they're, uh, they're important to me. Uh, but I don't know about you, but for me, there's times where um, you, like, you smell the air and, and it just brings you back to a time in your own life and spirit and attitude uh, that, that was just different. Uh, and, uh, and so there's time has passed, and, and, and I kind of liken it to uh, the new car smell that wears off uh, in your vehicle. Or uh, there was a, you know, when you first got it, maybe perhaps you got it and it was new or new to you, and, you know, nobody, you know, don't eat in here, don't drink in here, uh, whatever. Uh, then, you know, and now there's like French fries everywhere, uh, you know, food under every, every seat, whatever, spills, smells like coffee and, you know, throw up uh, if you got kids. And, uh, and, uh, and you just don't really care uh, because, it's, because it isn't new, that, that is worn off. And I kind of feel like uh, that's how we are. Uh, about uh, salvation. So Malachi has a burden. Uh, the children of Israel for 50 years have, uh, have just been kind of um, lulled into this place where they're at, uh, where they're indifferent uh, to God. Uh, and, uh, but then what he does, and I think, it's, I, think, I think where they are at spiritually is terrible. Um, and when I read Malachi 1, I get a little bit, angry at them uh, for, for what they're, uh, how they're doing and how they're living out their faith and their religion. Uh, and Malachi, um, in his burden, he was, he, was, he was fed up with it. But God, through his word, laid a burden on him, and he began to preach uh, to these people. And before we get into the, the part where we talked about this morning about their offerings... Um, we're backing up and looking at kind of the root problem. Uh, why is it that their offerings and their worship was in the shape that it was? And, uh, and God gives us the answer in the first part of this, and we'll read it and uh, go over a few things. 
And so again, the verse 1 says, The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi, I have loved you, uh, saith the Lord, yet ye say, Wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau, and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness, wherein Edom saith, We are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I shall, uh, They shall build, but I will throw down, and they shall call them the border of wickedness, and the people uh, against whom the Lord hath indignation forever. And your eyes shall see, and ye shall say, The Lord will be magnified from the border of Israel. So he says that I've loved you. Uh, and their response after all this time was, wherein hast thou loved us? And we see that attitude or spirit kind of throughout the book of Malachi. Uh, and, uh, but when you think about, well, they asked the question. They said, wherein hast thou loved us? And God contrasted uh, Jacob and Esau. Now, we know um, through you know, the Bible and history about uh, Jacob and Esau and the whole story and uh, in the birthrights and uh, and uh, and what the the judgments or the things that God had projected upon uh, upon Esau uh, and we know through his heritage we have uh, these people the Edomites and and, and others uh, and uh, and God says I love Jacob and I hated Esau. Now um, we when we see those words love and hate we muster up kind of what we understand it to be today. So I love, you know, I hate. Um, hate's like, you know, the strong word. Uh, and, uh, but God, uh, God preferred Jacob. Uh, God blessed Jacob. Uh, and, uh, and things didn't go well for Edom. And they said that at one point they're going to come back and they're going to do this and do that. Uh, and, and God said, they're going to do it and I'm going to throw down. Uh, I'm going to tear it up. Um, it, it, what God sets in order, sets in place, um, God's an unchanging God and it's just going to happen and there's nothing that we can do to change it. Uh, but what is happening here in the first part uh, is that God is setting for us uh, or showing to us the terrible things that they had done with their religion, with their religion but setting it against the context of the love that God had for them. I was reading um, some things earlier, and, uh, and uh, there was a, a part where, in one of the commentaries uh, where there was a poem, and, uh, and I'm a terrible reader of poems, and, uh, especially publicly, and so forgive me when I read it here in a moment. Uh, but um, before I read that poem, think about it this way. There's an increased guilt uh, of crimes that are committed in the context of love. When you hurt someone that you know loves you very much, it increases the guilt of the offense or the hurt. Uh, and, uh, and that's what God was saying to, through Malachi to the people of Israel. It's like, you're messing up. And what makes it even worse is how much I love you. And you still do uh, what you're doing. Uh, and, uh, and they, was it, you know, wherein have we, you, you know, you loved us. And if I was, if I was God, I'd be like, really? 
uh, and then just start going over. And, uh, and uh, I, I, you know, if you think about, we're coming up on Christmas and you have the, uh, you know, the Ebenezer Scrooge thing where the, uh, the, he goes back and, and sees all these different things. I wish God would just, when we're dumb, could just like take us uh, back to all the things. It's like, oh, God, you don't love me. Okay, uh, Bob, uh, and then an angel, uh, just take me back uh, to before I got saved and show me how everything was uh, and uh, the day that I got saved. And then, and then you can see and remember uh, when burdens were lifted at Calvary. Uh, and then all the things that God has done through this course of time. And so this guy named Alan Alberg, he had wrote uh, a, a poem uh, to kind of illustrate this idea of, of the guilt of crimes committed in the context of love. And this is what, this, and it's very short. Uh, he said this, he says, I did a bad thing once. I took this money from my mother's purse. For bubble gum, what made it worse, she bought me some for being good. While, it's, while I'd been vice versa, so to speak, that made it worser. And, uh, and so what he was saying is, is he stole money from his mom's purse for bubble gum and his mom, for him being good, had already bought him some. Uh, and so he felt bad because the crime that he had committed was, was done um, to someone who loved him and in the context of love. And so what made it worser uh, in the poem uh, was, was the knowledge of that fact. And so as a Christian, um, and by the way, God has, God has done miracles and God has done so many things for, for us. Uh, and and uh, if God, all God ever did for us was save us, that would be enough. Um, but, he, but he loved us. But sometimes God's love is not, um, he says, I have loved thee. And when you think of Israel, when God says, I have loved thee, uh, and they remember, and they should have, all the good, great things that God had done. But just like, you know, like you and I, uh, they always focused on all the bad stuff. Um, and all the, all the judgments and all the captivity and all the, uh, the this, that. And even in the midst, I mean, God, uh, you know, um, all the way back to the garden. Walking with God, communing with God. And God, you know, God said... You can have everything that's in here except that one tree, and, and so they just had to have it. Uh, and we've been rebellious, God says about them, from the day uh, that uh, he knew them, uh, they had been rebellious. Uh, but, but God loves us, and sometimes um, we don't or we cannot see the love that God has for us because of the conditions and things that we're in. Um, and that's a sad thing. Because, because God, if we think about, for example, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, uh, where the Apostle Paul uh, says, the love of Christ constraineth me. He said his love, God's love for him is what constrained him, obliged him, uh, caused him to serve uh, and to live uh, a crucified life. Uh, a, a separated life, a sanctified, a cross-bearing life, which God intends, by the way, uh, for every single one of us to live. Um, if, if we're blessed at all, it's all because God, is, God has done it for us. Uh, and, uh, and when he contrasted for the children of Israel, Jacob and Esau, 
um, he was basically telling them that he blessed one and he didn't the other. He, he was reminding them of how privileged they were and how, and how blessed they were, and they, and they, and they were. Uh, they're God's people, and they enjoyed the blessing of God. I mean, they'd go into battles, and sometimes they wouldn't even have to fight. God would just wipe people out. And, and, and God had given them a promised land, and he'd given Abraham all those years before that uh, a promise and a covenant, and he says, I'm not going to change. I don't change. Uh, and God loved them despite them time and time and time again. And he does the exact same thing for me. Uh, and he does the exact same thing uh, for you. And uh, so um, he says, I've loved you. Uh, their response is, wherein hast thou loved us? He says, I've loved Jacob uh, and I've hated Esau. Uh, and, uh, and he purposefully in their mind uh, caused them to think about the contrast between the two. Now, um, I don't know, years ago, we were playing the guitar and singing. The last, one of the last times I probably did that with the guitar. Uh, Amy and I, we sang, uh, uh, this, or sang this song uh, that basically said, angels, angels never knew the joy that was mine, for they, God didn't wash their sins away. The, the privilege that we have as blood-bought children of God, in my opinion, surpasses all the privileges of, of an Israelite. Uh, all of the, you know, the, the angels, um, they didn't, they've not got to experience grace. Uh, and, and, and when you think about the fact that Jesus saved you, uh, and verses like from Romans chapter number 12, um, where he says, I beseech you therefore by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, all of that all of that willingness that should come, our willing service, our reasonable service, uh, our uh, here I am, Lord, send me, uh, should come from a thankfulness, a gratitude for all that God has done for us. And the devil knows how we are. And, and, I've, and I, in fact, he is, um, there's pastors that basically are telling people today uh, that, uh, that you don't have to do anything. Uh, to show God gratitude in a way for what he has done. Anything that you do, like if you, if you go to church because God loves you or because God saved you, that's not the right reason to go to church. You don't owe God anything. It's what they're, what they're preaching. Uh, and, uh, and I've challenged them uh, time and time again. But, but here's the thing. I don't really, I mean, I care that they think that and that they're teaching that. Because, because people hear it more now than they ever have because you have access to um, that, all that stuff through the Internet. Uh, it used to be, you know, you'd be in a local church and you'd hear your pastor preach and, uh, and you might, like, get um, cassettes, <laughs> uh, you know, or uh, a, you know, a CD, you know, from some place as the time has passed because and, uh, and, uh, you heard somebody at a meeting somewhere. Uh, but you couldn't just turn on some knucklehead somewhere. And, and listen to what, what they're saying in their churches. Um, you, could, you could be doing crazy stuff in a neighboring state, and the pastor in the, that other state wouldn't know you're doing it. Um, so it is dangerous, uh, that type of mentality, um, but God, God loves us, and we owe him. Um, you say, well, where do you get that from? Uh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, think about, well, my life's verse, Galatians uh, 2.20. 
uh, where the Bible says, I'm crucified. Paul speaking in the church at Galatia, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And we often focus in on, the, you, know, you know, Christ, the crucifixion. He saved us. Um, I'm crucified with him. If you're saved today, that's what you symbolize in your baptism. You were crucified with Christ, nevertheless you live. You're walking uh, in newness of life. Uh, you're doing that in response to uh, what he has done. He saved you, plucked you out of the miry clay. He, uh, he's removed your sins as far as east and from the west. Uh, in salvation, he's applied his righteousness. You've been justified uh, by faith. Uh, you're in Christ, uh, seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. All of these things happen at the point that you got saved. Uh, and, and we are blessed uh, beyond measure. But he's, Paul says to them, and by the way, the Galatians, uh, they were, uh, um, there was struggle between legalism and, uh, and liberty and Christ and grace, uh, the battles that they were fighting there. Uh, but he reminded them that he, uh, he lived by the faith of the Son of God who loved him. He says, who loved me. Uh, we love him because he first loved us who loved me and gave himself for me. So you think of, uh, well, one of the most famous Bible verses out there is John three sixteen, For God so loved the world, right? We look at and try to define or explain love, agape love, in the way Jesus born, God gave his son to die for our sins. Uh, so he loved us so much. In fact, it says that God commended his love uh, in that, you know, um, while we're yet sinners, even though we're at enmity with God, he loved us so much uh, that he still died uh, and, uh, for uh, our sins, shed his blood uh, for our sins. So it's the love of God, the love of Christ that constrains uh, Ephesians. If you turn over there, uh, just really quick, I'm not going to be long tonight. Uh, Ephesians chapter number 3. And uh, again, Paul writing here to the church of Ephesus. Uh, and he's talking about the knowledge of God and, uh, and, and what their priorities ought to be. And there's so much theology uh, in the book of Ephesians. But in verse number 18, he talked about being able, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, as a Christian, um, I, I think most Christians, probably all Christians, I just don't know any Christians like, I just want to live a miserable life. I mean, I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to heaven, and that's great, but I just want to be like a miserable wreck. If God, you know, the Lord tarries and I live 50, 60, 70 years, I just, hope, I just hope it's terrible. I just don't know anybody that's that way. Um, uh, you know, Bible says no man hates his own flesh and, uh, and uh, we, we, love, <laughs> we love ourselves. And, uh, and, uh, and we just, I just don't know anybody who legitimately is just, they just want to be unhappy. Um, we want blessings. I mean, God says that he wants to give us abundant life, uh, that, he wants us to pro that he wants to give good gifts unto his children. He wants us to, to ask so that we can receive. And uh, he wants us to eat, drink, and be merry. 
you know, to, to, to live and enjoy life, an abundant life. Um, we don't really, we don't see, we see Christians in the New Testament in sacrificial giving. We've been talking about all of that. Uh, but God doesn't want us to be uh, unhappy. Um, and, uh, but the key to the fullness of God is, 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 is accomplished through a knowledge and an understanding of, of just how much Christ loved you. Uh, how, you know, uh, the breadth and the height and the depth, uh, as he said, and, and to know that. And so what Malachi's book, what his words, the word of the Lord, his burden to the, to the children of Israel was about, uh, it was, it was the, uh, it's the antidote uh, to, to spiritual degeneration. Uh, for at that point, all he had seen were, were people who were just kicking their feet up. Uh, and, uh, and the Bible says in Amos, they, were, they had beds of ivory and they're drinking, you know, uh, uh, wine and big giant bowls. And there was a gluttony and an ease. And it's like, whatever, you know, uh, God's not coming back today. Maybe one day. So we're just going to just, just relax. And they said, you know, uh, in all the stuff that they had said in the, in the book of Amos, it was the same, it was the same crowd uh, that Amos was contemporary to Malachi. That's what he had saw, and it frustrated him, made him sad. Uh, it, it probably made him angry. Uh, he, he was burdened uh, by that and carried that around. Uh, and, uh, and, and when he confronted them uh, to try to fix their spiritual degeneration, the first thing that he keyed in, keyed in on was the fact that God loved them. And what made what they had done and how they were that much worse was that very fact. Like how could like how could you do that? You 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 think humanly speaking, um, you know it's great when humanly speaking you know someone loves you. When you have a relationship, uh, and that and that is a, you know it's like a, a a friend that sticks closer than a brother, uh, like Jesus, somebody who loves you uh, in a way that God loves you. They forgive you. Uh, they, they, they show you grace. They show you mercy. They don't carry uh, grudges. They, uh, they love you. It's unconditional. Um, you know, it just, you know, I, I, I'm thankful for my wife. I know my wife loves me and, you know, and I'm a jerk all the time and different things. And, uh, and, uh, and so I'll, I'll even tell a story. Uh, and uh, my wife's like, oh, great. Um, so it was like, uh, this is just, we're just, you know, um, uh, people. Uh, and, uh, and so it was, uh, it was yesterday, uh, I said, uh, I'm, I'm going to go down and I'm going to make brunch for us. And I thought, uh, and so I go down there and, and, uh, and it was take a little bit of a while. And so uh, I'm, I'm hungry and I want to eat. And she didn't come down fast enough. So I sent a text uh, and uh, it's like, all right, I'm, I quit. I'm not waiting. Uh, and, uh, and so long story short, she didn't know I was making it for us. She just thought I was making brunch for me. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, so she comes downstairs after that and, and walks in and I'm, I've already got eggs in and whatever I'm doing, I'm like, you ain't getting any. And, uh, you know, and I'm, you know, and so then through the day, so later on the night, she's like, you know, I was frustrated. I'm just saying, uh, my wife, I'm thankful for my wife because she's got to put up with stuff like that uh, all the time. She's not, I saw a nod uh, 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 from the front row. And, uh, 
But, but what kind of, it's love, it's grace, it's mercy, it's understanding, it's, 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 it's all those things. And, I'm, and, and when we have that kind of love, humanly speaking, it's wonderful. But God loves us way more. And God, God, has, God has done way more for my wife than I have for her and vice versa. Uh, and I'm supposed to love her like, like he loves me. Uh, I'm supposed to forgive um, like Christ has forgiven me, even as Christ. Not because he has, but the same way. Um, uh, she would forgive me when I don't deserve it. And, and, and it's not because, uh, and in those moments, by the way, um, in those moments, there's a lot of times that we love and we forgive and we show grace and mercy and whatever uh, because we want to please our Heavenly Father. It's not even as much that somebody deserves it or that we want to. Um, it's it, because our walk with God and His love, His love for us constrains us. We love because he's, He loves. He is a picture of it. How are we supposed to love each other? The same, the same way. He loved us when we were unlovable, uh, but, but still died for our sins. And so how am I supposed to, my wife loves me when I'm unlovable. Uh, I, she's never unlovable. Uh, but uh, and, uh, but the, the, that's the whole idea. And what makes things worse is when you act out or say things or wield sarcasm or whatever the case may be to someone that loves you, that cares for you. It makes the the error that much more egregious. And that's what he says to them. He says, you people are messing up. You know what the worst thing about it is? Is that God, he says, I have loved you. And, and they're like, okay, like, not really. Wherein have, wherein have you loved us? And he's like, I love Jacob and hated Esau. And, uh, and, 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 and as privileged as they were, we are way more, more privileged uh, to the extent that we are the recipients of grace. We have the word of God, the church of God. Uh, we, have, we have blessings upon blessings. We have, we have knowledge that they didn't have. Of. When you think of Malachi and his preaching, the burden he carried, um, he didn't know all that you know about God and who he is and what his plans are. So when, when we have lax, indifferent worship, it's way worse. It's, it's, it, you know, you can read about, you know, it's like, you know, you read about Peter and denying Christ and, and you're like, what a, you know, he's a loser. How could he do that? And, and if you're honest with yourself, you're like, I'm like way more of a loser. Um, uh, there's pro- everybody in this room has probably denied Christ 10 times more than Peter ever did. We do it at the workplace. We, we, you know, we're embarrassed to pray in public as Christians. Just make sure nobody's looking. And, uh, and, and, and God doesn't want us to be that way. Where we should be like, you know, like a, like a Burton Gates where you just like stop the whole airplane. You know, just stand up. Can I get a You know, and you think, you know, he's going to rush the, the cockpit. Uh, and everybody, and he just, and he gives us testimony or whatever. And, but here's the thing. 
I'm preaching this message, but if I was like flying to a fellowship meeting with Brother Burton Gates and he stood up and did that, there would still be a part in my sinful pride that would be like, because I've been with preachers like, all right, we're going to pray. And they get the whole, people have been eating, they'll just stop, put their stuff down. Like people that don't even know, and they'll be like, okay, we're going to pray. I mean, I've been with preachers like that. And I love Jesus, but I'm kind of like, uh, or, or things like, um, probably my biggest aversion to street preaching is pride. When I think about people that go out there in, in bullhorns or whatever doing that, I mean, they're doing what the Lord's called them to do, and we're supposed to go out in, in the highways and hedges and compel people and, and preach the word of God uh, to them. Uh, and, uh, but you know what's really hard when, you, when, you're, when you're doing that and people are yelling at you and... And, uh, you know, um, it's our sinful pride. Um, but all God really has to do is just go, you know, I've, I've loved you. And um, so there really is no reason. There isn't a legitimate reason. There isn't an excuse or a justification that we can give to God for dialing our faith in. And so the, 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 the word, he's like, okay, you know, you're, you, you know, you're offering things and you're doing that and you're, you're lax or whatever. Uh, and, and you just really shouldn't be because uh, God loves you uh, and, um, and you need to stop it. That's what he was doing. And, and it was when we read it, uh, and, and it's almost like he's preaching and then he's saying what they're thinking or what they're not willing to say. He says, God says, I have loved you and, and ye say, uh, you know, wherein, yet you say, wherein hast thou loved us? And we see that pattern time and time again. We can't look at them all because uh, I'm almost done. Uh, but it's almost like it's like we're indifferent and we're indifferent for the reasons that we are, but we're not going to say them. But God lays out in this prophetic way with Malachi pretty much every reason why uh, we can be that way uh, in our own lives today. Uh, in church at Berean Baptist Church in 2021. Um, we've, we've forgotten how much God loves us. So, you know, it's important for us to think back, to be reminded, like he reminded them, uh, when we begin to question it. It's like we see God bless. We see God come through. We see, we see the hand of God, the move of God. Uh, and, but then, but in those times of quietness and reflection or discouragement, depression, um, we question whether God loves us. Like, do you really love me? If you love me, would you, why would you make me go through this? Um, and we, we fall in the same, you know, the same type of stupidity that the world does, and they say, well, if God's a God of love, then why would he? And we fall on the same thing in our own, we begin, to, we begin to question God's love for us, and it's something we should never do. Uh, to know that, uh, that to, to understand and, and to look at God and to be able to comprehend uh, how, how, just how much he actually does love us uh, and to realize uh, that um, um, there's never, there never should be a reason why, or why we would come to church in the way that I explained this morning. Um, nothing, nothing should keep you from worshiping God. 
nothing, nothing should, should hinder you um, from your, your, your walk with the Lord. But when you get to that place where you, you start to feel um, backslidden uh, or away from God, uh, what does he say to do? He says, draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh unto you. Um, he, he just wants us to come. He just like, I love you uh, with an everlasting love. And, and, and there's just no questioning it um, like they did. Because uh, we know. Uh, and, uh, and, and not only do we, you know, we know the character of God through his word as he's revealed it about himself to us, we have been firsthand the recipients uh, of the greatest manifestation of love through our salvation. Uh, and uh, so whenever somebody goes, well, you know, God doesn't or God's not a God of love, you should be the first one to go, oh, time out. He is. And let me tell you how he is. Uh, and uh, somebody says, well, you know, uh, and when you love, by the way, when you love somebody, you defend them. You know, it's a Paul, you know, apologetics or whatever. And, you know, and, uh, I, you know, I could be, you know, I could be flipping some eggs in the kitchen and, uh, and mad that what my wife made me wait longer than I wanted. Uh, but if, but, you know, but if you said something about my wife, um, I'm, it's, you know, like my Bible, one of my Bible college preps says, it'd be like hair, teeth, and eyeballs coming at you. <laughs> Why? Because I love my wife. I'll defend my wife. And, uh, and uh, so when you love Jesus, you defend him. Somebody takes his name in vain. You're like, whoa. I, I was with, we we're praying for Brother Mike Poole. I'm, 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 I'm almost done. Um, praying for Mike Poole in Indiana. Had a stroke uh, this last week. He's still, he hasn't woke up. And uh, when I was in Indiana, um, I called Brother Poole. He, he was uh, involved in my Bible college, and I've known him all, all this time. And, uh, uh, and uh, he, um, um, we were sitting there, we went to Culver's, and uh, he met us there, and, uh, and, you know, and he had already eaten, he just had a shake, and he, I don't even think he touched that the whole time, and, uh, and, uh, and then all of a sudden, like a table over here, you hear somebody take the Lord's name in vain, um, and he goes, whoa, someone's praying over there. And I'm kind of like, chill out, Brother Poole. In my, I didn't say that, but I'm kind of like, okay, we're going to get in a fight. You know, or some type of a thing. But you know what? Kudos. When you love Jesus, you defend Jesus. And he doesn't, and the Bible says, by the way, a froward mouth doth the Lord hate. We talk about love and hate, you know, hate's a strong word. He says, a froward mouth, a perverse mouth, doth the Lord hate. He's not saying, I hate the words that come out of the mouth. He said, I hate the mouth, the froward mouth, the person with the mouth. I hate. Got to watch your tongue uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and sometimes remind people. All that to say, um, the indifference in our life as Christian often comes from the fact that we've just forgotten how much God loves us. And, and our, the dumb things that we do and, the, and the just the, you know, not caring and being indifferent to God and things and, you know, we don't care about souls, we don't give or whatever it is, 
the indifference that is there, um, it's, it's, it's worse. Like we should be more mad at ourselves than we ever get at Israel. Um, uh, because God, we are, we are privileged uh, and blessed and God loves us so much. And if we really, really, really understood that, um, it would help us to keep us out of sin, keep us in a walk with God. Uh, and uh, and when, you, when you do something wrong uh, and you know that it grieves the heart of God, um, you, can't, you can't rest. You are a mess. Uh, and, uh, and I've been in that place so many times in my life to where I know I've, I've, I've done God wrong. And, and, and what makes it worse is how much he loves me. And uh, uh, like the little boy that, that stole the, you know, the money for the gum and his, and his mom had already bought him some because uh, he was a good boy. And, uh, and so, um, you know, we're, we're sinful people and I'm thankful for the grace and the mercy of God um, but his love should constrain you just like it did the Apostle Paul. Uh, and there should never be any doubt like where you're going to be on a Sunday or what you're going to be doing. And you're just going to love Jesus because he loved you. Uh, and, uh, and, and so that's uh, how the burden that Malachi preached, he's just like, and he goes into it, all these other things, but the, the root problem was, uh, was their forgetting that God loved them. I hope that you haven't forgot. Let's all stand. Uh, and uh, we're going to pray tonight and